1: See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of
2: hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love season nine.
1: Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast.
2: Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft.
0: Boom! A Christmas Eve edition here on Fox Sports Radio. So glad to have you with us. Jam-packed show as always. And not only that, we're actually going to give you an extra hour on this Christmas Eve. Bucky, it's like a present that we give to our listeners. An extra hour of us today on this day before Christmas.
7: Absolutely. Happy holidays to everybody. Really excited, man. It's it's that time of year. Everyone gets excited. It's very festive uh, around the cities, festive around. Everybody gets excited. I'm excited. You're a busy
0: guy. I just saw you on my uh, tube a little while ago as well. So mm-hmm. you've got uh, so you've been you've been uh, I want, don't want to say burning the midnight oil because it's only noon here on the West Coast, but you've been basically burning the noon oil on this Christmas Eve. <laughs> is that correct?
7: Yeah, that is correct. And then you know Santa still has to deliver his do his thing tonight. So it's it's a full day. It's a full 24 hours for me tonight.
0: I see that you were also in the uh, in the uh, spirit. I was able to screen grab your mm-hmm. uh, appearance with your Santa cap, <laughs> By the way if i missed it did you upgrade your background and i didn't even know about it yesterday when i when no. i brought up oh this no. is a- so
7: so dan so there, there are two different things so when i am on network there's a camera in my office that sits on a, a different wall that's opposite my jerseys however oh. my my desk when i'm doing like skype stuff or other things streamyard or zooms that point faces a different direction so i can't get them both <laughs> the same direction but after hearing you critiqued, um, kind of like the Room Raider <laughs> thing, I then decided to go to Amazon and see if I can order a mobile desk where I can have the same background all the time and I can just slide my desk in and out of the office and the background is always the same and I don't oh. have to be subjected to the criticism for not <laughs> living up to the part when it comes to my background.
0: Oh, uh, That's not what it was intended to be, but I loved <laughs> to see the jerseys today. Loved the, the little Tar Heels helmet that you had there. It looked uh, really looked really, really sharp but I thought to myself, I hope he didn't change it because of the stupid <laughs> comment that I made uh, made yesterday. Get Bucky on Twitter, at Bucky Brooks. If you go to my Twitter page, at Dan Beyer on Fox, you can see the screen grab that I took of Bucky just a little while ago as he was making his appearance on the NFL Network. Want to start with this. Do you think it's okay to drive stone? Well, the truth is your reaction times slow way down when you're high. You not only... Put yourself in danger, but everyone around you, stop kidding yourself. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high, get a DUI. Last night seemed to have really that feel of opening night in the NBA, uh, Bucky, and one of the marquee games was a showdown of Eastern Conference squads, and it happened to be my Milwaukee Bucks going to Boston and taking on the Celtics in a in a crazy game that we thought maybe was going to end on a Jason Tatum bank in three to put Boston up by two, 122 to 120. Great defense on the play by Giannis, but that wasn't the story about the Bucks new Supermax extension star player. It happened with four tenths of a second left on the clock last night with the Bucks down two. Giannis was able to make his first free throw. And I believe we may have the audio of the second free throw that occurred on the Bucks Radio Network yes that. for the
3: tie Giannis in the air no he missed it ball
4: out of bounds game over
0: missed it simple as that bucky brooks and now it kind of opens this pandora's box of the new Giannis, because Giannis is no more the the guy you wonder if you have to fill in the Bucks squad to make sure that he sticks around. We know Giannis is going to stick around, and now that magnifying glass uh, got a bit stronger last night when he was unable to come through in the clutch and make both free, th- free throws in that loss to the Boston Celtics.
7: Yeah, I mean, obviously, when you sign a big money deal and you've been a two-time MVP, there's a lot that's expected of you. Um at the time, under second left, go to the free throw line to the tight and not able to get it done, there's going to be criticism. And then I think if it goes back, I saw the stat today, since like 2018, 2019 season, he has missed the most free throws in those clutch situations with 25. And so it's one of the things that Giannis has to address. He's shooting 63% at the free throw line. It's something that he has to improve upon because that's his Achilles heel. And so if he is going to be the, I mean, super-duper star that we all want him mm-hmm. to be, he has to be able to knock those down. Because the same level of scrutiny and criticism that LeBron has been under for years, he is going to be subject to that because everyone is waiting to see him win his first title.
0: This, this, The point that you made of him not being able to make free throws really magnifies what occurred last night. Because we've seen how many times guys go to the free throw line, with a with it being a two-point game, maybe even a three-point game. We've seen it in Final Fours, Kyle Guy of Virginia uh, having to go to the line with, every, with everything riding on it. Uh, we can name hundreds of thousands of situations. But what is most common in those situations, I think, Bucky, is the first one's the most difficult, where you've mm-hmm. got to get the first one down because you're not necessarily in a rhythm. You get the first one down, even if it's a one-point game. Or a two-point game, excuse me. One-point game, you make the first one. Worst-case worst, worst case scenario, usually overtime because of the game being tied at that point. But also, just I think in the grand scheme of things, you feel get the first one down, then you've got your rhythm makes the second one more difficult. And that's what bothered me last night was the first one looked so pure. It looked all right. Giannis is ready to go in there and end up making both free throws. And I just wonder and i just wonder in his mind if it got in his head and the stats that you you just mentioned may lend to it that the pressure did get to him that the pressure got to him last night because while the first one was so pure the second one that you heard in the in the call there was basically a line drive short arm brick that went off the rim and really had no chance of ever going in and in those situations. I, I don't want to use the c word because it's such a harsh word, but I'll just use it here. When you choke, the, those are the types of shots that you usually have. It didn't go in and out. It wasn't online and just you know hit the back iron the wrong way and ended up popping out. Like it had no chance of going in, and that was that. That to me was the biggest problem of all of this. So while everything around Giannis is is bigger and better with the, with the money and him staying around. Now I just wonder if he's going to start to feel the pressure of having that contract, and if that's the case... Then maybe there are just a few more a few more issues that the Milwaukee Bucks have to have to deal with because this was supposed to take off the pressure to be able to all right he could just free his mind now play for the Bucks for the next five years and and end up making that run but in the first situation in the first game of the year where you truly truly saw pressure and he was great in the fourth quarter last night but when you truly saw pressure he didn't come through in the clutch and that's that's what's bothersome to to Bucks fans out there I believe.
7: Yeah, I mean, I I think it's one of those things where um, you have to learn how to navigate in those situations, meaning you have to learn how to continue to trust your process and your routine despite what the circumstances are. I would equate what Giannis is doing at the free-throw line to being a golfer coming up on the 18th hole and you need to make a putt to win it. Um, Do you think about all the things that are riding on the putt or do you have your routine? Do you, you know, take your... Your look, do you walk up, do you address the ball, do you waggle, do you knock it down, do you do the same things that you do? I think it would be interesting to look at his routine. How many spins does he use before he dribbles? Does he dribble three times? Does he take a deep breath? Does he stay consistent with his routine? Because if he stays consistent with his routine, it means that he's really in the moment. When you worry about guys who don't come through in the clutch, it's because they change. They change the things that they've done to get them to that point. And that's why they don't execute. As long as he's doing the same process and it doesn't go, sometimes you can chalk it up. But he will have to make some of those shots to take some of the pressure off, because everyone is going to scrutinize every move. Now he's a big time, big time money maker.
0: Yeah, I think it comes with the price. I I, I think that when when you when you make that that amount of money, it, it comes with a territory. Like, that's included in the deal. It's not only caring and being the face of the franchise and doing everything that you do in the first 47-plus minutes, it's also what is being done in the last few seconds. And, and honestly, Bucky, this isn't any different than anything that we've had before with Giannis in the clutch of the question of who would you go to in that situation. Last night just happened to be there were only four-tenths of a second on the clock, so you kind of wanted to get some at the basket and what better way to do it than to get your, you know, freakishly athletic uh, all-star MVP on the move and get to the hoop where he could maybe go over someone and because of who he is, maybe they're not going to call an over the back call. But in the end, you also have to realize if they call a foul is this guy going to be able to make the free throws and be able to come through in the clutch? And again, to your numbers, to what we saw last night, I know it's just one game and things can change, but it's our first taste of it, and that didn't happen last night. And one other point about last night, kind of to go along those those lines, and I think you're going to see it throughout the NBA. I don't know how you would feel about this as a former player, but when the bubble ended in mid-october and the Lakers beat the heat, now those two teams were the teams that ended up being in the bubble the longest, but still you had teams playing in you know into September, you had the the off season basically was very short. I don't know how much guys are going to get better entering this season like you're I think you're gonna see growth within the season, but I think everybody that left the bubble, the the 20 teams that were in Orlando for those two months, or for however long it was, I believe that the main goal after they were done is just to get away. Just, just to to get away. Giannis went to Greece for a while to end up dealing with things. There was not there was no offseason to be like, how do I get better? How do I improve? And actually, I think that's something to watch in the NBA this season just because of how weird last season was. I don't know if you're going to all of a sudden see an expanded game from Giannis or you're going to see a more expanded game from Ben Simmons. I don't think that this offseason lent, uh, lent itself to that.
7: No, I don't think the offseason necessarily lent itself to that. But I do believe you can – do some things during the time off. I know the Lakers had 71 days from the championship to the time that they tipped off. I mean, that's still a long time. That's two and a half months to be able to work on your game. You take maybe two and a half, three weeks off to recuperate. You begin to slowly get yourself back in the gym. You're working on some fundamental things because all of these guys work with their skill development coaches to try and add little pieces to the game. And so I do believe you're right. They will begin to get better during the, over the course of the season. But a lot of it will depend on the approach of the team because there are some teams that practice all the time, you know, that really take practice because it is a developmental sport. They really use practice to their advantage. There are other teams that are laden with ve- veterans where it's the shoot around, they may be optional, then they go game to game. Those teams will be less likely to improve, but I do believe the coaches that are able to put together development plans, practice plans that allow their guys to continue to work on their skills. Those are the teams that we'll see peaking at the end of the season.
0: He's Bucky Brooks, NFL Network analyst, Fox Sports Radio host, former NFL player and former NFL scout. Get him on Twitter at Bucky Brooks. I'm at Dan Byer on Fox. That message earlier paid for by NHTSA. Coming up next, Bucky and I dive into the world of college football and what's the biggest issue dividing the top teams from the others. We'll dive into that next year on Fox Sports Radio. Doug Gottlieb show on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Dan Beyer. He's Bucky Brooks, the NFL vet, former NFL scout, now our teammate here at Fox Sports Radio. You can see him on Fox Sports 1 and the NFL Network as well. Want to stream what you love all in one place? Introducing Discovery Plus, a new streaming service bringing you the greatest collection of real-life entertainment from your favorite brands plus exclusive originals you won't find anywhere else. Discovery Plus starts streaming early 2021, U.S. only. There's no NBA tonight. There's no top 25 College hoops action, but there is a bowl game about to be underway in college football. We talk about that sport and so much more. Our good buddy Pete Futak from CollegeFootballNews.com joins us here on Fox Sports Radio. Merry
5: Christmas, Pete! Happy New Year! How are you? I'm, ha- I'm hanging in there. I am, I'm getting through this time. It's bowl season first and foremost, and then it's Christmas, and then I have like a kid birthday today, and just know, stuff happening. So. It just is a never-ending stuff, a thing of stuff. But it's bowl season, so who cares? It's all good. Has, has this bowl
0: season brought you any normalcy to what this college football season has been?
5: Complete disaster. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> look, I, I, I don't have the exact proof or to back this up, but this has to be the worst five bowl games we've had to start a season ever. Because everyone's been a blowout. They've all been by double digits. I think the average score, if you put them all together, is something like 42 to 16. None of them have been close. Uh, you know if you're an investor, then yes, this, these games have been interesting in a whole bunch of ways. But for the random fan, it's been a whole lot of nothing so far. I mean, BYU versus UCF was supposed to be entertaining. It wasn't. Uh, today, I don't think it'll be too great. Uh, the interesting factor between, you know, it's the most 2020 bowl game possible. It's the New Mexico bowl being played in Texas with Hawaii because Hawaii can't play in the Hawaii bowl because there is no Hawaii bowl and the Aloha Stadium is getting destroyed. So it's going to be, and half to like 20 players are probably not going to play for Houston because of COVID issues. So it is the 2020 ish bowl here. But it's a football game on an afternoon, so okay, let's have some fun with it.
7: You know, Pete, uh, people will maybe pay attention to the bowls. Most will not. Most will just kind of fast forward and wait for the playoff. The playoff, we got the usual suspects, the four powers that we always talk about, Alabama and Notre Dame, Clemson and Ohio State. Um, do we expect to see anything different than the norm? Do we legitimately think Ohio State and Notre Dame can pull off upsets in their semifinal games?
5: Ohio State, maybe Notre Dame. No, uh, Notre Dame probably though has one of the one of the styles that could mess around with Alabama. Uh, either you have to have the ultra high octane uh, firepower like Florida had, which you know was able to at least keep up with the, the Crimson Tide, or you need to be able to power up with the lines. Now Notre Dame's defensive and offensive lines are good enough to hold up. I just don't think they got the skill guys. And that's where you're going to have to keep up with a a team that's going to have three Heisman finalists, possibly. Uh, And certainly, you know, you could argue, you know, they have the best quarterback, best wide receiver, best running back in college football. Uh, And even without uh, a couple parts up front, probably the best offensive line. So Ian Bix looks good. He's a very good college player. Is he Mac Jones? Is he, you know, Kyle Trask level? Is he... Uh, Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields, no, uh, but he's going to have to play out of his mind for the Irish to keep this close. Ohio State's interesting. I kind of equate this for men of a certain age. If you remember Duke basketball early 1990s, they got destroyed by UNLV, and they kind of waited a whole year, and they wanted that rematch. They wanted that one shot again. They got it, and they pulled it off in the Final Four. That's been Ohio State. It's been waiting an entire year for this game. They felt like they were cheated out of that game because of a bad call. Justin Fields goes an interception reception late in the end zone. They, this is a the game they wanted, and we haven't quite seen Ohio State fully formed yet because they've been missing most of a bunch of key players in game after game. I still think Clemson wins this, but I still don't think we've seen Ohio State uh, at its best yet.
0: Pete Futak, collegefootballnews.com, joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. It is the Doug Gottlieb Show. He's Bucky Brooks. I'm Dan Byer, sitting in for Doug. I, I'm a bit torn on this, so I'm curious on what your thoughts are. But do we want to see Alabama, Clemson again?
5: Sure. Yeah. You know, why okay. not? It, look, right. uh, it's you know, look, they're the two best teams. Probably. I mean, Justin. I'm sorry, uh, Trevor Lawrence and you know Mac Jones. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 if you're looking at the best teams. Okay, I get it from a fatigue factor. I am kind of convinced that America's just not into Clemson for whatever reason, uh, and Alabama. Okay, fine, Alabama. It's, it's you know not exactly exciting you know to most because it's you know every year, but okay, it's on a high end scale if you like great college football players and games and teams and coaches. It's kind of hard to get away from that, and it's it's the problem with the college football playoff. And I know everyone, including myself, would like to see an expanded playoff. It stinks that. You can't play your way into this thing. It thinks that you can go, you know, be a Coastal Carolina or a Cincinnati and just have absolutely no chance to get into the playoffs. But at the end of the day, it's not like the college basketball, you know, the NCAA tournament where you can get hot and you have a Cinderella team that rises up. You really can't have a team that can win, you know, okay, maybe you can beat, you know, one of these four teams on the right day. You know, Coastal Carolina is not beating Alabama and Ohio State. You know, they're not beating – they're not getting through all these games. So, at the end of the day, college football playoffs though, is sort of set up where there's nothing cheap about it. You know, you, you can argue if, about Notre Dame versus Texas A&M versus Cincinnati, but if Notre Dame wins this, that means they'll have beaten Ohio – I'm sorry, they'll have beaten uh, Alabama and then probably Clemson. There's nothing cheap about a college football playoff national champion.
7: You, you know, and, and think about this, there's a lot of conversation about – Texas A&M and not being included in the mix, even though they didn't win their division, didn't win the conference and those things. Did you believe that Texas A&M had a legitimate gripe about not being included in the Final Four?
5: Yeah, they're better. They're better than Notre Dame. It's, they're just not sexy. You know, it's, infrastructure isn't sexy. They're, they're great at grinding out the, the clock. They control the tempo. They own the, the ball for, you know, 35-ish to 40 minutes a game they have great a great running game, a great defense, but they're not fun. They're not like explosive fun like a Florida or an Alabama or even Ohio State when it gets rolling, and it just didn't have the the sizzle the loss to Alabama, look, if you're going to lose and lose to Alabama early in the season, it's a buzz acceptable as it gets. And the problem is, okay, well, you know, Notre Dame's got, you know, the win over Clemson. Okay, yeah, but Clemson didn't have Trevor Lawrence, even though you were on the threw for 430-something yards. And, and Notre Dame's got the win over North Carolina. Yeah, but North Carolina lost to Florida State, lost to Virginia. And the idea of Texas A&M not having that really awesome second win, well, that's because SEC teams were all playing each other. This year the schedules were skewed because in most years – you're going to have all these teams have uh, three or four non-conference games, and their records are going to look a whole lot better. So, okay, so maybe they, you know, they beat a two and six team that would normally be, you know, seven and five ish. You know, so it just it they kind of got got the shaft in terms of opinions based on the records of the teams that they played.
0: Pete Futak joining us here on Fox Sports Radio, talking college football. I don't mean to put you on the spot because I know sometimes it's tough to determine this, but. I've, I've over the last couple of weeks, I've really tried to determine uh, where this gap is is the largest, and and I don't know if it's between maybe Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State, if it's six schools and and everyone else. But if you had to put it, the 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 top programs in what is the greatest tier, and then great to good and whatever, what schools? What would what? How many schools would you put in that greatest great tier in college football right now?
5: I think you're right. I, you're, I'm with you. There's three teams. There's three schools, even though Ohio State hasn't really won it. I don't want a college football playoff game since 2014. But I would, you've got the right three. Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State. Those are the gold standards. A very half-notch below has to be Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then random X. You know, SEC team of the year, you know, whether you know, it was LSU last year. But here's the funky part about all this. Look at this year's college football playoff rankings. Where was LSU? Penn State, Wisconsin, Michigan, Tennessee, uh, you know, and go on and on. I mean, Texas was low. Uh, you know, just, you did not have the big-name teams on there. You know, you had Florida State was on there. Look at the national champions over the last 20 years, and a sure. few of them aren't on there. And Coastal Carolina, Louisiana, Iowa State, you know, Cincinnati, that's who we're, you know, we're arguing about. So, but they, they play lighter schedules than these other programs do. So it just is a question of when do these other programs take a dip? You know, it, we saw this you know, over the years. Miami went on its run. Uh, certainly USC went on its fast run. And it just seems like these, ne- these programs are just going to go on for forever. But Nebraska went on a run for forever. They were in the top 25. You know, it's, 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 sometimes these things fall off. They eventually will, but hey, if you're Clemson, if you're Alabama, keep this thing going as long as you humanly can.
7: Pete, I can't let you go without asking you about um, the Auburn job and Harrison going from Boise State down to Auburn. How do you expect that to work out? Because to me that is a huge jump coming from the Mountain West to now jumping in the SEC with all the big boys in that division.
5: He's gonna be really rich. I mean the, <laughs> the problem with that gig is look at the resume of Gus Malzahn when he was there. The guy was a, pl- a drive away from winning a national title. He was within a game of going to another one. He beat Alabama, what, twice in the last four years, I think three times overall, maybe four. You know, he beat his rival. His team was good every year. He was in the top 25 every year. Uh, I think he was in the top 15. A couple. a I mean, the program was great. The problem in the SEC is, Everybody wants to win. I mean, take out maybe a Vanderbilt and a Kentucky and, you know, a Missouri here or there. And, you know, look, LSU, Texas A&M, Tennessee, Florida, Georgia, you know, Alabama, there's so many good teams that you could be really good and you're already on the hot seat. So it's it's an impossible task. You're expected to do the world. Even even when you do win, like Gene Chizik won a national championship had one clunker gear, and that was about it. You know, Ed Orgeron – had the greatest season of college football history for one team, clunker a year. And if they don't rock next year at LSU, he's on the hot seat. It is such a pressure packed world in the SEC. If you're signing up for that, all right. Brian Harson's a great head coach, a really solid hire, but him being hired there does not make Alabama bad at college football now. He's Pete Futak, collegefootballnews.com.
0: Find him on Twitter at Pete Futak. Pete, we appreciate the time. We know you're busy. Happy holidays, happy New Year, and we'll uh, we'll do it again soon. Thanks so much. Oh no, I
5: gotta go deal with family now. I, I'll talk to you guys as long as you want. I'm i happy to be here. Stick around. We got Have some happy Detroit. holidays, guys.
0: Right, later, Pete. <laughs> I was going to say you could stick around, Bucky, for some Detroit Lions talk because that's what we've got coming up next. I know, it's it's riveting radio. No, something, happen- something happened to the Lions today that we've never, ever seen before in the National Football League. It's the streaming service that is everything you're into. Discovery Plus is all the shows you love from your favorite brands like HGTV, Food Network, Discovery Channel, and more, plus exclusive originals you can't see anywhere else, all coming soon in 2021, U.S. only. Bucky, I know you played in the NFL. I know you were a scout in the NFL. You cover the NFL. So I'm going to throw a situation at you, okay, for a team, and I want to know if this is something that can be handled on game day, okay? Let's just say a team enters a game without their defensive line coach. Is that easy to uh, to handle if you're on the sideline?
7: I mean, you can work around it. You know, you can have somebody else kind of fill in your linebacker coach can kind of handle both the the front line and the linebackers and do it all.
0: Okay. What about if your linebacker's coach is also out?
7: That becomes a little more challenging, but then you got your DB coach who can say, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take the entire unit. You know, we'll kind of do it like it's flag football. Mm -hmm. I got everybody. Everybody get where you're supposed to be. We're good.
0: And I'm working from the uh, line of scrimmage back. So let's just say D-line coach can't do it, linebackers coach can't do it. And now I take away your defensive backs, coach. Can you operate on game day?
7: I mean, it's difficult. It's challenging now because here's what I'm I'm going to do. We're going to revert back to our Pop Warner days, and maybe the offensive line coach helps with the D-line coach, and maybe the wide receivers coach helps with the DBs, and maybe the head coach just kind of walks back and forth. Mm-hmm. It's not ideal, but it might be doable maybe.
0: Sure, and you would have your defensive coordinator there to maybe maybe coordinate stuff if he wasn't a yep. position coach. But what about if I took the coordinator away Ooh, on
7: defense? Now, now, now we're having a tough time because now <laughs> okay. we're now we're we're fully we're fully in Pop Warner Little League mode. Yep. Everybody's having to be coached by everybody, and I mean that's that's tough. We might have to have the team mom come down and maybe help but, out.
0: Yeah, this is the determination of how old do the kids have to be before we can let them stay home alone. Uh, <laughs> and the final one: What about if I took your head coach out as well in that situation? I mean, is it is it just – is it impossible? Do you have to just rely on the players in this situation?
7: Well, I think this is definitely a situation where players have always said, I mean, I can coach better than coach. I mean, I don't know why they don't let me call the plays. <laughs> so I think this is a game where Matthew Stafford gets to call his own plays, kind of like um, old school, Terry sure. Bradshaw, and all those guys way back in the 70s, how they used to run it. And then you're going to have to have maybe one of the defensive players – also raises hand. hey who wants to call the defense today i got it and let <laughs> and let them do it and, um it's unusual but we'll see maybe they play a better game now the bigger thing would be what if they have their bit their best output on offense and they play their best game on defense then what
0: that's the biggest indictment that a matt patricia <laughs> daryl bevel ludd staff could ever have like think about this think about this and daryl bevel and in, in this situation that we laid out if you're just joining us is happening to the Detroit Lions this weekend. They are missing all of their coaches, including their interim head coach, Daryl Bevel, who was the team's offensive coordinator, but got promoted because Matt Patricia ended up getting fired. So now you lose all of those things. Think about, like, Matt Patricia's tenure and how bad it's been in Detroit. Like, this this would be an indictment if the players played better. Daryl Bevel, for, for as long of a career as he's had, he's always going to have the stench of the – second and goal at the one from super bowl 49 on his resume where russell wilson threw the interception against the new england patriots so now if you would add this that the lions actually play better without those two this could this could cement matt patricia's legacy and maybe even overshadow the russell wilson int on daryl bevel's resume if the lions actually show up and play better against the tampa bay buccaneers That's, that's what would happen because there's, there is no excuse. I mean, I'm, I'm looking here. The Lions actually. They, they put out a graphic on who is going to do what. Robert Prince, their wide receivers coach, is going to serve as the head coach. The quarterback's coach, Sean Ryan, is going to end up being the offensive play caller. Evan Rothstein, who's the head coach assistant in research and analysis, is en- ending up calling the defense. Uh, Tony Carter, who's a defensive assistant, going to be the defensive backs coach. And they've got others filling in as the linebackers and defensive line coach. That's what the Lions have Saturday against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers.
7: Yeah, this is interesting. This is interesting, but this is fascinating because it's fascinating because um, players have always wanted more ownership when it comes to game planning and play calling and those things. We will really get a chance to see that, particularly on offense. This should be Matthew Stafford's show. And so I want to see how Matthew Stafford runs with it in terms of calling plays and doing his own thing or whatever, because I certainly would trust Matthew Stafford more than a newbie play caller who's just trying to figure it out for the first time ever. Um Own this weekend. Matthew Stafford has to take this over. I want to see what Matthew Stafford does.
0: I think this could be more of an indictment on Tom Brady if they don't get something done. Ronald Jones has been ruled out for the Buccaneers. He's not going to play on Saturday because of his uh, finger injury. So uh, this is a lot on Tom Brady. If Tom Brady can't pick apart a depleted Lions coaching staff on a Saturday in the National Football League, then maybe that's all we need to know about Tom Brady's future.
7: It's actually, it's actually a challenge, Dan, because here's the thing. When you go into these games, you have a game plan based on what people have done. Uh, people call it analytics. I'll call it tendencies. You understand in this situation, these, this team likes to call these handful of plays. And so you prepare all week for it. Where now all of that information that you've compiled and taken in, you have no idea if that stuff is usable. So now when mm. you come into the game, it, it, it's really an unknown. You have no idea what people like to do. You don't know if they like to use certain personnel groupings and whatever. And so this is a game that's kind of scary for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because you're ill-prepared to face the Detroit Lions team that you're going to see.
0: It's like the amateur showing up to the professional poker table. Mm-hmm. Where where the pros no know how to read, reason. yeah, and yes. they know they know that the other guys know all the numbers as well, but you don't know when the amateur shows up and he can end up just throwing a wrench in everything. All right, I'll, t- I'll take that. But I will say this: if the Lions are better, then it still is an indictment on Matt Patricia and Daryl Bevel. <laughs> there 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 is there is <laughs> no getting it, uh, it on Matt
7: Patricia. put on Matt Patricia?
0: Get Bucky on Twitter at Bucky Brooks. I'm at Dan Byer on Fox. We are sitting in for Doug Gottlieb here on the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Coming up next, the NBA is looking at expanding. We tell you exactly where they need to expand next here on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch the
5: live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific.
3: NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft.
0: Doug Gottlieb show on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Dan Bayer. He's Bucky Brooks sitting in for Doug. Want to stream what you love all in one place? Introducing Discovery Plus, a new streaming service bringing you the greatest collection of real-life entertainment from your favorite brands plus exclusive originals you won't find anywhere else. Discovery Plus starts streaming early 2021, US only. Bucky, it's time to play a game. It's game time. It's game time on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Oh, We bring in Isaac Lowencron for this as well. Hello, Isaac. Hello, Dan and Bucky. And the uh, the game we have today is what. <laughs>
5: i feel a draft.
0: All right. This is where we draft things. So not only will Bucky Brooks, myself, and Isaac Lowenkron be involved in the draft, so will our technical producer of the show, Don Brown. Two-round draft, guys. Bucky, you will pick first. Isaac is second. I will pick third. And then Don picks fourth. Don, then, in the snake draft portion of this draft, we will have the fifth pick. I'll go sixth. Isaac seventh. And Bucky eighth. All right, guys. Adam Silver earlier this week says he is looking... Looking at expansion, or the NBA is looking at possible expansion from their current 30 teams. We are going to draft what you think will be the best expansion cities for the NBA. There is a sheet of paper in front of you, only suggestions. If you have better ideas, we are all for it. Bucky, you are first on the clock. Who or where would the NBA be best suited to expand if they were to grow from their current 30 teams?
7: Okay, we're having spent time at the Pacific Northwest. Darn it. it. I was there (laughs) when the Sonics were one of the top teams, and unfortunately they moved away. I think we have to bring them back. Seattle, with the cracking going for the NHL, I think it's only natural to bring the Sonics back to Seattle. Seattle is the number one choice. It's the top choice. That's where we're going.
0: Seattle is off the board, Isaac Lohenkron. I think that's the one that everybody thought as well. All right, they're going to, you know, new uh, refurbished arena they, that they would likely get. But uh, no, no, not, not necessarily a surprise that Seattle went number one. All right, Isaac, you're up at two.
5: As Will Farrell
3: once said in his legendary turn as Ron Burgundy in Anchorman, you stay classy, San Diego.
0: Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> I I wouldn't mind that. I feel bad for San Diego. All they have to do is talk about Padres baseball. You know, like give give them a hoops team to talk about, right? I mean, it's got to hurt to talk about the Chargers. Give them them some, some hoops. I like San Diego at two. I am going to go at three, and I'll say this. I think they should go to Louisville. So Louisville is my pick, but I want their name to be the Kentucky Buckets. I think that Oh, that's great It's it's a turn from the Kentucky Colonels But now there's still the Kentucky (laughs) Fried Chicken angle And there's the basketball tie-in So I'm going to put Louisville But I want them to be called the Kentucky Buckets I think that would be great
3: And they would play at the Yum Center Which owns KFC Yes, yes, Absolutely All
0: right, Don. You've got the two swing picks. By the way, Dan, riveting draft.
3: Dan is a Wisconsin native. I thought you were going to pick like Racine or some <laughs> Wisconsin town <laughs> like that.
0: Yeah, Merrill may be on the list. Who knows if Don doesn't take Merrill? All righty, I will go with.
7: I think they should go to Buffalo. Ooh, there should be an NBA whoa, whoa. team was, in in, thinking in thinking Buffalo. You know, they're they're having a pretty hot season, and if they can pull off a miracle this year, hey, then that would be nice. And I will go next yeah, I'll go ahead and say
4: Austin. Ooh I'll, Austin. I'll, I'll, I'll do Austin. How about four
0: teams in Texas? You could have your own division. You could just have the Texas division if you added like <laughs> El Paso or something. Right? Or Dang. Lubbock. That could be it could be an option. Austin and San Antonio somewhat close, and that could have a built-in rivalry there. All right, I'm at number six. Oh, man, this is tough. This is tough. I'm going to – oh, geez, I'm going to say Honolulu. We only have 30 seconds, so let's put one in Hawaii. Okay,
3: I'm going to go off the board and say Kansas City.
0: Ooh, KC, they could be the masterpiece. Bucky, your last
7: pick of the draft. I mean, who doesn't like going to Vegas?
0: Oh, to there Vegas. it is. There it is. The Las Vegas Sinners. That's what it should be uh, with, with Sin City. It's
5: perfect. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at FoxSportsRadio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.